This podcast is brought to you by the Empower Her program, a 12-week gut and hormone restoration program. If you are suffering from chronic digestive and menstrual cycle issues, this may be the program for you. Go to www.sophieandkyleen.com forward slash empower her to join the waitlist. Welcome to the She Talks Health Podcast, your source for information about all things women's hormonal health. I'm your host, Sophie Shepard. I'm the founder of She Talks Health and the co-creator of the 12-week Empower Her group gut and hormone program. I'm a certified functional health coach and a holistic menstrual health educator. This podcast was created to give you clarity about how to take control over your hormonal health using safer, natural options. I created this podcast to cover the widespread and complex health issues plaguing women today. From the rise of infertility to the epidemically high numbers of women with autoimmune disease to menstrual cycle problems, digestive issues, anxiety, weight gain, food sensitivities, mental, emotional, and energetic imbalances, and so much more. If there's a topic that you need answered, I encourage you to write us at podcast at shetalkshealth.com and we will try our absolute best to cover that subject. My greatest mission in life is to help women radically change their health and their lives by teaching them how they can use their hormones as their superpowers. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, ladies, to the She Talks Health Podcast. This is your host, Sophie Shepard, menstrual health coach. And I am here today with a very good friend of mine, Arden Martin. And we're going to be talking about non-toxic personal care items that you can be buying and why that's so important. And Arden is a meditation teacher and she's a clean beauty educator. So I'm super excited to have her on. We jam so much about this stuff and changing my toxic personal care stuff out was huge for my hormonal changes in my body. And I know it's a really hot topic these days, but people don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. There's a lot of things for them to to look at. It's expensive. It's overwhelming. They don't know how it affects them and if it's really valid for them. So I'd love to kind of answer all those questions today. And we'll just dive right in with defining what is personal care products. Love it. Thank you for having me, Sophie. I'm very excited to dive into all of this stuff. And you're right. It's a really vast and overwhelming category. I forget the exact statistic, but we, you know, the average woman puts more than 10, somewhere in the teens or maybe even the 20s um, products on their body every single day. Um, So when we say personal care, you know, there are so many things we could talk about. We could talk about skincare, makeup, toothpaste, deodorant. Today, we're going to focus on basically products that you're putting on your skin for reasons other than aesthetic beauty. So products that you're using not for the look, but literally for personal care, to care for yourself, to care for your body. So to, to put it simply, we're talking today not about skincare or makeup, but more like the body care stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so my hope is that we can create some space today to reflect on like, what are you putting on your body every day? 
Um, can we reflect on the safety of those ingredients? Can we start thinking about that maybe even for the first time? And can we learn how to make more empowered choices in this product category? Because unfortunately, the industry is set up in a way where we have to do our own homework. There is really no significant regulation on the ingredients that companies can use in personal care products. And if you listen to this, you're probably already aware of that and you're looking for products that say um, maybe no par parabens, no this, no that. And companies have certainly caught on to the fact that people want their products to be clean. But all of that labeling, even if it's, um, if it's designed to feel more natural and more clean, that in itself is still unregulated. Mm -hmm. um, so we really have to do our own homework and it comes down to what are the ingredients that we want to avoid and what are the ingredients that we want to look for. So I'm excited to dive into that today. Yeah, me too. And I think even for me, like I'm in, I'm in the health space and I'm still like, oh man. And, and let me tell you something. When I say I'm in the health space, I mean, I've gone through so many trainings and every single training had a, a module around the toxic ingredients and I could just Google it on or search it on my computer and it would come up. But the, the ingredients are so hard to pronounce. It's like, oh my God, I just, can someone just make it easy for me, um, which is why I'm actually like a huge component uh, pr proponent of brands that just kind of always do that because then you just don't have to really think about it. I mean, obviously you still want to know this stuff so you can still even check them and look on the back of the, the labels. But I do feel like the, the average consumer, it's like a lot of moms. We've got a lot going on. We're working professionals. It's, it can be confusing and overwhelming. So yeah, let's make it simple for people as we can today and talk about these personal care products. Um, and what are some of maybe the key ingredients if you were going to like pick up um, some personal care products? So I think, so we're talking about like, let's give an example, like body lotion, right? would be mm -hmm. a personal care product. So if you just go to like a CVS or something, you're probably going to end up with a whole bunch of chemicals, right? So what ingredients should people absolutely avoid? Okay. So first thing that you bring up is chemicals. Chemicals are actually, the, the term is misleading because we, we know inherently that natural is usually better, um, but chemicals are also natural, right? So even the cleanest product on the shelf is going to contain chemicals. And so it's not about avoiding chemicals, it's about avoiding harmful chemicals. Um, and so talking about lotions specifically, any type of body lotion that you're gonna find is water-based meaning water is usually the first ingredient. And any product containing water is going to need a preservative to prevent mold and bacteria from growing. So that leads to another common misconception. I don't want anything with preservatives if I'm gonna be all natural and all clean. There are absolutely products out there that don't have preservatives and you can go that route, you can DIY, but if you're going to be buying a lotion with water in it, um, in not like a body oil or something like that, you're going to need preservatives and it's actually completely possible for companies to use safer preservatives in their water-based products like lotions. So what we want to look out for when Wait, we're- Wait, can I just stop you for one second? Because that is like huge. I don't even think I realize that. And what you just said is actually fascinating because in my world, I do a lot of oat testing, organic acid testing, and one of the metabolites that we test for is mold. And it is shocking to see how many women are dealing with toxic mold issues, so either like from this or from something in their home. And so thank you for bringing that to light because I even thought, you know, preservatives are things that you want to stay away from, especially because when you think about it for like a piece of bread, you're like, that's like the worst thing you could put in your body is like bread that's like been sitting on the shelves for three months or whatever it is. So, okay. So there's 
there's safer preservatives that you might want to look at if you're going with a water-based lotion and not doing it by yourself at home. Exactly. Okay. So food and skincare are two different things. So like in both cases, natural is usually better. We want to favor natural ingredients, um, but we're not ingesting our skincare. Um, so it's actually okay to have safer preservatives um, in, in those products as long as they're safer. Um, so to get into ingredients that we want to avoid, I think if you're listening to this, you've probably heard about parabens, um, being connected to, to hormone disruption and breast cancer and wanting to avoid parabens. But I think a lot of people have just like heard this and they have this vague sense that parabens are bad and it's absolutely great to want to avoid parabens. But I want to educate everyone and let them know that parabens are preservatives. The reason why they're used in products is to preserve them and they are very effective preservatives. Um, that's the thing when, when companies formulate things, they're not evil. They're not trying to like make some toxic thing that's going to poison you. Um, it's just that for, for most of recent history, companies are formulating things to be effective. They want them to perform because that's their job. And then more recently, we've started to see that certain ingredients are linked to unintended harmful health effects. Mm. Parabens are an example of that. They have been linked to hormone disruption and breast cancer. So we do want to avoid them. But the other thing to know about parabens is you're not going to see just paraben on the ingredient label. It's going to say something like methylparaben, butylparaben, propylparaben. So lots of these harmful ingredients, there are many different names for them. Um, so that's another thing to know as you're that's great. eating labels. Thank you. And thanks for explaining. You know, I think that's really great. I, honestly, like we're, in the health space, there's a lot of like blame to throw around. Um, like I, you know, I got breast cancer because I used this lotion. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, yes, maybe. And also like, there's a lot of things that go into that. So I think it's, it's, it's nice to actually hear a little bit of a refreshing kind of conversation around that. That's less blamey and more just educational. Um, and, you know, I think, I think about that, like from a, you know, from an agricultural perspective, like with glyphosate, you know, that being like the, one of the worst pesticides and herbicides that we can put in our body. And at the time they thought it was so much cleaner because the things that we had on the market were so horrible. And now we're learning how horrible glyphosate is for us. So I think that, that, you know, it's always best to go natural and, um, thanks for explaining that, you know, maybe sometimes it's not always the, the intention to cause someone to have cancer by including this. Um, and and okay, so this is good. And I also want to just link this since, you know, obviously I talk, I do talk a lot about hormones with this specific ingredient with parabens, um, is that, you know, you might want to think about how, how these products could be causing what's called xenoestrogens, right? Things that um, work like estrogen in the body. So if you are experiencing things like heavy menstrual cycles, clotted menstrual cycles, um, PMS, that's crazy. Oftentimes it's an imbalance of um, estrogen to progesterone. And one of the ways that estrogen can get in the body throughout without just from our normal hormonal cycle is through things that are considered xenoestrogens. And I believe parabens are considered a xenoestrogen. So that is just something to think about is um, if you take nothing from this, um, maybe finding something that doesn't have these, these harmful um, ingredients in there, or even looking at how that might be correlating to your, to your symptoms in, in your hormones, um, and investigating that. So, okay, cool. So we talked about methyl and butyl and propyl paraben. So what would someone look for instead of one of those? 
Um, so safer preservatives, um, there, it would honestly be impossible to give you a list of that. This is the other issue with the skincare industry right now. There are new chemicals and new ingredients that are hitting the market all the time. So since the last significant personal care legislation was passed in 1938, which is over 80 years ago. What the um, what? Oh my yeah. God. That's insane. It truly is because ever since that legislation passed, um, which just to establish like what are the rules, what can the FA, FDA do to regulate personal care products, by the way, which is not much, since that legislation passed, over 80,000 chemicals have hit the personal care market. So there are countless preservatives that are being used. Um, and, the, and the issue is we don't have safety data for the vast majority of ingredients that are used in products today. So there is data on something like parabens. They've been heavily studied. They've been pretty clearly linked to hormone disruption. There are also um, tons of ingredients, preservatives included, that simply haven't been studied. And we just don't know. That's one of the other reasons why what you said is so important, Sophie. You said, we have countless options, but we want to just go with companies that are doing the work, that are doing the homework, that are doing their own safety testing. Because the reality is, if we want to ensure that a product is completely clean, companies have to take it into their own hands to do their own ingredient testing because the data just isn't really out there. There are so many gaps. So rather than giving you a list of safer preservatives, I would just say, do your homework to find a company who's really transparent about ingredients and who mm. clearly shows that they value ingredient safety. Okay. So then I'm definitely going to ask you the question in general, are there a handful of companies that you find to be really helpful? I mean, obviously we both really love beauty counter. Um, but I know that's a more expensive sometimes for people. Although let me tell you something I've been using beauty counter for like a month and I keep getting so many compliments about my skin. So I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a convert and their stuff really lasts for a long time, which is great too. Um, I haven't had to replace anything, even though it was like a higher investment point. So just a food for thought. So I know Beauty Counter does that homework, um, and I'm sure you can speak into Beauty Counter even more deeply. Um, but I'd also just love to know in general, are there companies that you feel like are on par with Beauty Counter? You know, I haven't come across another company that is doing the, the has as high of a standard for safety and is actually putting time and money into ingredient testing. So like, if, a, if an ingredient doesn't have a lot of safety data on it, UD Counter will actually commission their own studies and they've worked with Tufts University to do more endocrine disruption research and like they're really putting time and money there, which honestly is part of why the products are more expensive. So there's always a good reason if you, if you feel that the company is um, you know, values what you value and the price point is higher, there's always a good reason for that. And you make a good point about with the ingredients being higher quality and having fewer like kind of random fillers and stabilizers in there, the, the product is going to last longer because you only need a little bit. Mm. Um, but having said that, if you know, you don't, if you're not someone who has a budget, a, a large budget for your personal care products, you can find safer products um, at lower price points. Some of the brands that I like are Everyone. Um, Everyone makes everything from hand cream to body wash to body lotion. Um, the Honest Company is pretty good in terms of their personal care products. And as we get into things like toothpaste and deodorant, 
in a few minutes, I can give some more specific brand recommendations there. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing those other options as well as why Beauty Counter is more expensive. I I actually forgot that they have that whole other side of the brand, which is all about getting about getting more um, research about some of these chemicals that are, there's 80,000 of them. And, and before we move on to the deodorant and toothpaste, which is really important as well is, um, you know, it's funny that you brought up the 80,000 chemicals. I was recently thinking about how, you know, it, one of the steps is buying personal care products that aren't going to harm you. The other part is recognizing that we live in a toxic world. We can't live in a bubble. So, you know, but there is toxic air, toxic water. I mean, this stuff is going in our water supply. We are consuming birth control and xenoestrogens in our water unless you're getting a good quality water filter. So the other part of this conversation also just to think about, and we'll definitely do a separate podcast about this with somebody um, who's a a detox expert is like honestly detoxing frequently, like using infrared saunas and doing the Epsom salt baths and getting the good quality water filters, doing the dry brushing, like doing the things that help to move the chemicals out of the body. Because you could buy the most expensive products everywhere and you and you should buy good quality products that's part of it but also just recognize that our earth is toxic we have 80,000 unknown chemicals that are going around into mass you know um mass public and that's getting to you in some some parts i mean there's even movies about it right so um doing the work to detox your body on a regular basis not just like once a year doing a juice cleanse that's not what i'm talking about is going to be important as well so we'll definitely make sure we we do a podcast about effective ways to detox um okay so let's talk about yeah let's talk about deodorant toothpaste because those are two things we use probably every single day um and i know with maybe we should start with deodorant um because um uh, you know it's like we have uh a lot of deodorants that we're told, oh, don't use those, but then we try a natural one and we still smell bad. So like, what are you thinking about deodorant? Well, Sophie, I would actually love to hear your perspective on what you just mentioned, like this, like getting that stink, like not take being able to mask that stink with a natural deodorant because yes, different products have varying levels of effectiveness, but what is, how does your hormone how do your hormone imbalances impact your, your stank? <laughs> like, yeah. isn't that a big part of it too? Yeah, that's a great, I love that you pushed it back on me and I'm glad I wanted to talk about that, but I'm glad you, I'm glad you actually asked the question. Um, great question. Um, it's, it's honestly a little bit less of a hormone question and more of like a overall body question, like an overall toxic level. So I'll give you a client example. Um, I have a client who has imbalanced hormones, sure, but like the bigger problem is that her liver isn't working really well um, and her lymphatic system isn't working well. So when you think about the fact that if you um, are coming in contact with all these chemicals, and you are creating hormones that need to be detoxed, okay? I don't think people realize that your hormones do need to be effectively detoxed. Your liver is constantly working to detox heavy metals and all sorts of things that are coming in you're coming in through the air and the water and the food that we're eating, okay? Um, if that system is offline or it's being overloaded because you're drinking a lot or something else, it's going to have to work that much harder. Or if you're stagnant, right? Um, your lymph system has no way to move toxins out. So 
toxins like to reside in fat tissue. So um, that's another thing. If we're not kind of working towards detoxing and, and moving the fat out of the tissue, it's that is what will make you smell bad. <laughs> it's actually like the toxins coming out your um, out your your pits, <laughs> out of your armpits. So um, it's always actually a good litmus test for me if I'm if I do feel like I'm smelling. I'm like, oh okay, like did I have too much wine or, you know, like when's the last time I took an Epsom salt bath or like, is it the second half of my cycle when my body's working really hard to detox estrogen? Should I be doing more? Should I be doing more dry brushing right now? Like when's the last time my tongue scraped, right? Like these are all effective tools. Like when is the last time I sweat really, right? Mm -hmm. um, and move these things out. And so one of the products that I've actually really gotten to love and I can't wait for it to arrive. I don't know where it is in the mail is um, the um, vibrant blue oils, which is like oh, the best essential oil company. Cause they actually work on different, um, parts, glands and different body systems. And so she, she has, um, a, a product called the lymph one. And she also has a liver one. And so I use that whenever I have the toxic, um, smelling, uh, smelly pits, I always put the lymph, um, essential oil right on the armpit. I've also done like detoxes with like bentonite clay or, um, uh, charcoal. I'm a big fan of that. And I actually take, um, I take a, a detox binder every single day because I just know I'm getting exposed to it. So it's just different things to think about. Um, from that perspective, because you're right, like, you know, we, we, we you know, <laughs> if you think about our ancestors, they didn't have access to deodorant, <laughs> but they probably didn't smell bad either because they didn't have all these toxins. So yeah, it's a pretty good sign that your body needs a detox. That's fascinating. Thank you for explaining that because I understand like the product effectiveness side, but ever since I've become passionate about natural deodorant, I'm like, wait, we can do more than just switching our deodorant, we can also address the root of the issue, right? Yeah. And then we won't be so reliant on our natural deodorant doing all of the things for us. Um, right. When our, when we don't stink as much, we just need a little bit of help, not a lot of help. Yeah, um, exactly. And we have actually um, a listener um, on our, on our podcast today. Um, and she is also saying that she's heard of a couple of good brands she really likes called Crunchy and uh, MIG, M-I-G, in all caps. So check those out as well as the, the ones that um, Arden mentioned maybe for some other great brands that um, are doing the work like perhaps like Beauty Counter is also doing. So thank you for sharing that to our listener today. Um, uh, and yeah, so what, what deodorant brands do you like and um, what should we be looking out for there? I know aluminum is the biggest thing, right? Yeah. So we're all pretty aware at this point that aluminum is problematic. It's again, just like the parabens, aluminum is very effective at blocking your pores to prevent sweat and keeping you dry. Um, but studies have linked it to neurogenitive diseases, including Alzheimer's, and we just don't want to mess around with aluminum. Um, and, so, and by the way, um, just from like, again, from a functional perspective, I run a test called HTMA and it, it does measure aluminum. And I can't even tell you, I'm never seeing, I never, ever, ever seen someone have an HTMA that came back zero for aluminum. Everyone is aluminum toxic. And mm -hmm. it's so, I mean, think about it. You're, you're cooking with it, your aluminum foil, and then you're putting it in your deodorant. And now we're finding out that it's causing issues or linked to things like, you know, neurogenic, like you mentioned. So really, um, you know, wow, scary. Yeah, 
it's a thing. And that's, and that's what you, you were saying that, you know, it's not all about just switching out your products to be safer. That's kind of like the icing on the cake because we cannot avoid these toxins entering our system. So mm -hmm. why not take full control over the things that we can? And it's just such an easy yeah. win to swap out your products to be safer. So with that said, um, there are so many natural deodorants on the market. If you're like me, you've tried like more than you can count at this point. I um, am like you. I've tried all the things. <laughs> yes. So, and I think part of the reason why we find ourselves switching and switching and switching is because we, we may, um, our bodies may get kind of used to one brand or we find like we're still stinky or whatever it is. And I think it goes back to what we were discussing, Sophie, that we cannot rely on a natural deodorant to just magically erase the fact that our body is, is toxic, right? Like it's just not, it's not, it's, that's not where the solution is, right? The no. solution is, is solving the root issue. And then relying on a natural deodorant to give you a little bit of help. Um, having said that though, there now that the other issue with natural products gaining popularity, which is a really great thing in one way, um, is that the, the product quality is starting to be diluted as every single brand wants to jump on this bandwagon. And there is, okay. um, there is kind of this phenomenon called greenwashing where every brand wants to include some sort of natural slant in their marketing because studies show that that's what people are looking for right now. Um, so just because something is called a natural deodorant doesn't mean that it necessarily contains clean ingredients because even the word natural is not currently regulated. Any brand can use the word natural on their product. Um, so I wanted to share with you, since everyone already knows to avoid aluminum, some other ingredients that are commonly found in quote unquote natural deodorants that are, are best avoided. Um, so the first one, which is super common in natural deodorants is propylene glycol and propylene glycol. Um, it's just, it can be irritating to a lot of people. So one thing that people find when they switch to a natural deodorant is they're like, wait, why am I getting a rash on my armpits? Um, or why, why is my skin becoming sensitive? So propylene glycol could be the culprit. Um, and because that's happened before to me. Have you? Yeah. I'm like, what is happening? My whole armpit is red and it hurts. And, um, and by the way, just before we move on from the word natural, um, the same actually goes for food. So if you're like looking at a, some sort of like packaged product and you're like, it says natural on it, it must be good for me. Yeah. That's total crap. Um, <laughs> it's just a marketing scheme to help you because the companies know that they, they're going to get you if, if you, they, if you think it's going to be good for your body. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's frustrating, but uh, the good news is at least in the, in the personal care world, there is some legislation being pushed through to help mm -hmm. define the word natural and require companies to meet certain, um, conditions before they can use the word natural on their product. But in the meantime, we have to do our own homework. Um, so propylene glycol is one irritant. If you have had a reaction to natural deodorant, it may also be because of the baking soda in it. Um, so baking soda is actually like a very effective way to help, um, to help 
mask odors and all of that stuff. So it's really commonly found even in, even in deodorants that I recommend, it's really hard to formulate a, a pretty effective deodorant without baking soda. Um, so I would just look for brands that use less baking soda. Most people find, even if you're sensitive, that if there's just a little bit of baking soda in it, you're going to be okay and not react. So another good thing for you all to know if you're reading ingredient labels is the ingredients are listed in order of um, quantity. So the most, the ingredient that has the most quantity in the product is going to come first. And then the ingredients that are just have a tiny little quantity are going to be found at the end of the list. So if you're ever reading an ingredient label and you want to be sensitive to baking soda, just look for a product that has it lower down on that ingredient. Okay. Yeah. So just like food, um, like if sugar is the first ingredient, that's the thing that you're going to get the most of. So good to know for this. Exactly. Okay. Um, so propylene glycol, I like to avoid that one. Another one that I like to avoid or that I insist on avoiding actually is, um, fragrance. So fragrance can also, another synonym for that found on labels is parfum, P-A-R-F-U-M. And basically fragrance can mean any combination of up to 3000 plus chemicals. And, um, just because of the way companies have um, done things for years, fragrance has always been a trade secret. Um, so, so they have not been required to disclose how they make up their fragrance just because, you know, in the, in the era of perfume being such a big deal and everyone wearing perfume and having their signature scent, which I feel like has kind of shifted over the years. Um, it was totally understandable that companies would want to keep those fragrance formulas proprietary sure. as things have changed and fragrance is starting to be used in everything. Um, the old ways are still here that wow. don't need to share how they formulate their fragrances. And the issue with that is so fragrance in itself, chemicals, used to create scents are not inherently bad, but many of them are, right? Many, many within that 3000 plus, um, are, are harmful and they've been linked to allergies, to neurotoxicity, to hormone disruption. And so the issue is we don't know which of those 3000 chemicals are contained within the word fragrance on any given product. And so the best rule of thumb is just to avoid it. Now, to naturally substitute for fragrance, companies will use essential oils and right, those just are a better ask. bet. Mm-hmm. Um, so you definitely want to look on the ingredient label. And if you see fragrance at all, I would just skip that product completely and keep in mind that what companies will do is they'll say on the front made with essential oils because they know we're looking for that. But if you turn it over and you look on the label, you may see essential oils, which is wonderful. They're all listed out individually. And you may also see the word fragrance added Mm. in there too. So companies will say, it's just like with food, right? Where people are like, oh, you know, chips made with avocado oil, but they'll also put sunflower oil in there too, right? But they, they use the essential oil so that they can, they can say that they are, whereas the actual scent that you're getting is from a fragrance. Yeah. Um, so you just want to make sure fragrance is not on that label at all. Oh man, I know. It's such a crazy thing. I, um, it's hard, you know, it's really tricky. Like I even, um, another place to look out for fragrance and I'm going to just get through this and then buy, you know, buy a new one, um, is a, your, um, your, sorry, I just totally like Epsom salt bath. Mm. You know, a lot of times you'll see like, oh, it's made with lavender and you look at the back and it's fragrance. And I actually just bought one because I, my back has been killing me this week. Um, 
because we've been launching a group program and it's like just been a crazy town. And so I'm like, all right, I have to take an Epsom salt bath. And we got there at like nine o'clock and I'm so tired. I'm like, I'm just going to grab this Epsom salt. And they only had ones with fragrance. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it because I need to get in this bath. And I felt great. But at the same time, it takes away from my enjoyment of that bath because I don't know what those chemicals are. Like I just sit there and I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to choose to believe that this company doesn't suck and they didn't put horrible things in here, but I don't know. And so I don't make that a habit, you know? Um, and I think that that's just something really important to keep in mind. And it, it sounds so nice. Like, Oh, fragrance, you know? And it's like, Oh man, we don't know what that even is. So thank you it's for a sharing. Total that. mindset shift from how we grew up. Right. Because fragrance used to be like what we wanted as preteens or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and now, so if you're looking at a natural product or a quote unquote natural product, you will also commonly find natural fragrance as an ingredient. Yep. That literally means nothing. It's, it's still fragrance. So, um, I would still avoid that. The other thing though, is you can sometimes tell, like if you're relatively sensitive, if you've ever smelled something where someone's wearing really strong perfume or you walk into a Yankee candle store or whatever, and you just find yourself getting a little bit of a headache from the scent. Yeah. Um, that's a really good sign that there are probably some harmful fragrance and ingredients in there. So you can even, you know, if you already have something that you've already purchased and you want to know, you know, is this sketchy fragrance? Is this fragrance okay? You can do a sniff test and just see, does this come across as really harsh to your senses? Do you feel that kind of headachey feeling? And that can be a good indicator for something you already have. That's really interesting. And I, I also want to add on to that, that oftentimes I'll see this in my practice where someone has this kind of reaction um, to sense and oftentimes it's also really indicative that they aren't detoxing well or that they've lost tolerance to chemicals. So you can have multiple chemical sensitivity um, and you can also um, have loss of tolerance to food and you can have loss, loss of tolerance to yourself, which is autoimmunity. Um, and so it's really interesting to see like when people have those issues. Also, sometimes I've seen this linked to mold toxicity. Um, and I see that our, one of our listeners is saying that this sounds like her too. So yeah, it's definitely probably really relatable. So thanks for bringing that up as well. Of course. Um, so with all so of that, what about brands, what about do? Yeah, yeah. What's the brands yeah, that you like? So I've tried a bunch. Um, the ones I cannot remember all of the ones that I've tried, but the ones that stick out to me as ones I've enjoyed are um, Schmitz is one that's relatively affordable. It does. Some people find the baking soda to be irritating with Schmitz. Um, if you're going to go with Schmitz, I would go with the unscented because they do use fragrance in their scented versions. Um, but we've been quite happy with their unscented one. And then Primally Pure is another brand that makes lovely natural deodorant. Um, I also use, and so Schmitz and Primally Pure both use baking soda. Primally Pure makes an effort to use less so it's not so sensitizing. Um, I also like this brand Ursa Major because this is more of like, um, oh, I'm kind of out of it, but it's a little bit more of like a wet formula. So it's not, it doesn't contain baking soda at all. It's a bit of a different texture, mm -hmm. um, but that's worked really well for me. 
Um, beauty counters coming out with their deodorant, which is so cute. Mm, that's very so cute. cute. Um, and I'm very excited about this beauty counter deodorant launch because it's going to be more expensive than most, but it's going to be a refillable product. So you only oh. need to buy the package one time and then you just purchase the refills, which is great for the planet. And the, the refills are also cheaper than that's, buying a whole new product. That's so awesome. I love that for the planet. That's so great because we got to also keep in mind, like, what is this thing held in? Like plastic? Great. So now we just have like, you know, it's just like crazy to start thinking about all those things, but okay, cool. Um, Ursa Major, Primally Pure, Schmitz and Beauty Counter. Um, fantastic. Anything else for deodorant? Um, that's all that comes to mind, but there are definitely other options out there. Cool. Um, and then I know we're almost out of time. Did you want to just run through some brands that you like for toothpaste or anything that's relevant there? Yes. Yes. Let's see if I can be succinct. So um, regular toothpaste, we know it does super work at making your mouth feel fresh and clean, um, but it's also like blue and packed with artificial colors and flavors and sweeteners. Um, we also have plenty of access to natural toothpaste. Um, the only thing, so I wanted to just make sure that, so everyone, I feel like it's easy at this point to go to the store and just find the natural toothpaste, right? I don't need to teach you how to find the natural toothpaste, but once you find a natural toothpaste that you like the looks of, I want you to look out for an ingredient called glycerin. Um, glycerin is a very, very commonly used ingredient in natural toothpaste. It's in Tom's. Um, I have this brand called David's that I've been using for months and liking, and I realized that this has glycerin in it. Um, glycerin is not a bad thing in terms of like ingredient safety. It's used for the base of almost all natural toothpastes, but the issue that I just learned is when you brush with it, it ends up coating your teeth and it prevents them from benefiting from all the minerals in your saliva. Um, and this can ultimately lead to cavities. So it's not ideal. Mm, wow. That's, that's amazing. Um, for, thank you for sharing that. I did not know that either. I'll, I have to go and check my, my, uh, toothpaste now and see what, what it says. I think I'm using Tom's right now, the one with no fluoride. Um, yeah. So I'm guessing there's glycerin in it. I'm curious to know, you should let me know later, but, um, I just realized that there is a brand out there called wellness. It's wellness. Yes. Katie, Katie, Katie Wells. I'm a such, um, wellness mama. She, yes. It's her brand. I love her podcast and all the stuff. She's amazing. You guys check out wellness mama podcast. And she just came out with wellness uh, brand and she, she actually remineralized her entire teeth, um, using diet. So she actually has a whole podcast about, or I think she has a whole article about that. So sorry, I didn't mean to take the thunder away from you, but I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yay. I'm so glad you mentioned wellness. No, I'm glad you, I'm glad you've heard of her and you can vouch for it because I've, I'm like vaguely aware of her and her work. She seems amazing. Um, but I haven't actually tried her toothpaste yet. I just ordered some and it hasn't arrived yet, but looking at the ingredients, they're really, really good. And they contain an ingredient called neem oil, um, which is really great for tooth decay and gum disease prevention. Oh, cool. If you are wanting to be a little bit spendy, 
there is an amazing product called um, Yogi Tooth Serum from Living Libations. And this tiny jar, you only use a drop of it on your toothbrush every time you brush. So it's very expensive, but it lasts a very long time. And this also has neem oil in it and some amazing ingredients to help mm. remineralize your teeth and um, prevent decay in a really natural way. So neem oil is an cool. ingredient that you want to look out for. Um, and then you also want to avoid natural flavors because those will show up in natural toothpaste left mm. and right. Mm. And then we the other brands that list every single ingredient. That's amazing. I didn't know that about the neem oil. And actually this is really helpful for me personally, because I have a history of really bad teeth um, alongside my entire family. And it's just like so frustrating. And I have all this toxic metal in my mouth from when I was a kid and had a, a really old dentist who thought that was okay to poison me with toxic metals. Um, and so I, you know, it's like going to be a whole process in 2021 for me to remove all this stuff. And I definitely want to make sure that I'm taking care of my teeth going forward. So that's really helpful. Thank you. And something else, um, just to close with that I really, 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 really want to tell you guys is that please, please, please don't put fluoride in your body. If you are a female, especially if you're a female dealing with thyroid issues, fluoride is one of the most common chemicals in the world and your thyroid gland is one of the most fluoride sensitive tissues in the body and your thyroid gland is in your throat. So think about that. You're going to be drinking fluoride in your water if you don't filter it out and then you're going to be brushing your teeth with it and fluoride directly interferes with the function of your thyroid gland causing as well as causing issues with brain development and function there. So um, I would definitely highly, highly suggest looking for something without fluoride. And I know that's scary, but I've even asked my own dentist and she was like, yeah, you don't need fluoride to protect your teeth. That's a myth. It's like, it helps, but it's not something that you have to have. So I would really think about that, especially if you're someone dealing with a thyroid issue. Yes. Thank you for saying that. I was going to mention fluoride as an ingredient to avoid, but I don't feel like enough of an expert to really speak about why. And you just did that for me. So thank you. Yeah. For me, it's like, I have Hashimoto's. So like, I will never put the fluoride back in my mouth. Amazing. Yeah. So, so yeah. fluoride, natural flavors, um, glycerin, we want to, we want to avoid those in our toothpaste. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anything, anything else you want to mention? Um, honestly, we could, we could go on for days. So no, it's really just, I, I really just want to leave people with this idea that, um, personal care is much more profound and important than we think. I think obviously most of us don't have an unlimited budget to spend on products. And so a lot of us tend to skimp on personal care because no one actually sees those products and they don't necessarily make a difference aesthetically in this very aesthetic society we live in. So we tend to be mm -hmm. like, I'll definitely drop $80 on a face cream, but for my deodorant, I only want to spend like seven or eight, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of, um, I would encourage people to just do a little bit of thinking about where are you putting your dollars um, to really just nourish and protect your entire body. Um, because every time that you, even if no one else sees your personal care products, they, they live in your bathroom, they don't change the way that your, your appearance is. Um, but every time that you choose something safer and something that's consciously made both for you and both for the planet, you are really doing something profound to, um, to, to build confidence, to build self-love, to just, to really like transform the way you see yourself. Because every time you choose something safer, something higher quality, and you use it on your body, you're basically reinforcing this idea of like, I matter, my health is important. I am worth that little extra. Um, so I would personally rather like buy one less 
t-shirt or something and spend a little bit more on something that I'm putting on my skin at least once a day. So I would just encourage people to, to reflect on that a little bit, because if there's mm-hmm. anything that this current time we're living in has reminded us, it's that our physical health really matters. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for saying that. I say this all the time. (laughs) And one of our listeners is saying, what are your bodies worth? What are our bodies worth? What is our health worth? Right? I mean, this is our lives. Um, you know, I just had someone say that they, they couldn't work with me because they had a lot of expenses for their wedding. And I get that. Like I would want to spend, you know, a lot of money on my wedding too, but also like, we're talking about a fraction of that to like, get your health back online. Like what's the wedding worth if you can't even enjoy it. Right. So I think we, sometimes we have to think about that perspective and, and just ask ourselves, you know, what our priorities are and there's no wrong answer. It's just like really thinking about it and identifying it. Maybe we've never even thought about that. So I really appreciate that perspective and leaving the audience with that thought. And also just saying that just because you can't see it now, doesn't mean you won't be able to see it in the future. There was a new study that just launched that we've known for a long time that food sensitivities and gluten and things like that can, can um, cause leaky gut. And that's literally holes in your digestive system. Now, we have the technology to see that within five minutes of eating a food like gluten that causes issues in the gut, that we can actually see that happen within five minutes. It destroys your gut and it takes one to six months to heal it. So we have that technology now, but we've known the information for years. So I think the same thing will come out around the stuff. Like there, there will be some way we can see this technology in the future. And you know, what Arden and I are saying is don't wait, <laughs> don't wait till you can see it in black and white. Um, let's believe the, the longer studies that we've seen. So Arden, where can people find you and what's the best way to, um, yeah, to connect? Oh my goodness. I'm all over the place. Uh, if you're interested in meditation, I'm at the springmeditation.com. Um, on Instagram, I am Arden Martin, just my first and last name. And Instagram is really where I do most of my education around clean beauty. So I would love to connect with you there. Mm, love it. Okay, cool. We'll drop all of those into the show notes as well as some links for Beauty Counter. And it has been just such an honor to speak with you today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I always love chatting with you about this stuff. We could go on and on and on, and I would love to do it again. I know. I would love to. We definitely will. And ladies, thank you so much for spending your precious time with us. Um, I am just so grateful for that. I hope this episode was super helpful and insightful for you. And if you feel called to share it with another woman, please do that. We're all about sharing the goodness around here. And if you do have any more specific questions around your menstrual cycle, you can find me, um, book a call with me on shetalkshealth.com or through my Instagram, which is also shetalkshealth. So we'll talk to you guys soon. And I hope that this was super, super juicy for you. I hope this episode got you one step closer to achieving your optimal health. If you liked this episode, please spend a few seconds to rate it so more women can find this resource. Be sure to tune in for more women's health support next week on the She Talks Health podcast. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at She Talks Health. I have an open door DM policy. No question is stupid and I'm always here for you.